Do you know sometime when you sleep, God is working it out? You think nothing is happening? God is working it out? Dr. Tony Evans says even when the Lord doesn't seem close by, His providence proves He's as near as our next breath. You can call that luck if you want to, but I know it was the invisible hands of God working it out. This is The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans, author, speaker, senior pastor of Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas, Texas, and president of The Urban Alternative. It seems like some people can't catch a break, while others have everything handed to them. But Dr. Evans says there's nothing random about who you are and what you have. Today, we'll discover the part that God's providence plays in all of that. Let's join him as he begins. In most kitchens represented in this room, if not all, there are blenders. These blenders are designed to take independent foods and integrate them to create something new, bigger, and better than any one item could be on its own. What a housewife does in a kitchen when she mixes the batter for a cake, God does with the universe. He is the consummate blender. His ability to take unrelated things, to come up with something bigger, better, and more beautiful than what he started with is absolutely amazing. No story in the Bible illustrates God's ability to do that, like the book of Esther. The book of Esther is unique in all of the Bible. Because it is the only book in the Bible where God's name is not found. But while the name of God is not present in the book of Esther, his fingerprints are everywhere. There is a word for this in theology. The word is providence. Providence is the hand of God in the glove of history. Providence refers to God's governance of all events so as to direct them toward an end it is God taking what you and I would call luck chance mistakes happenstance and stitching them into achieving his program one of the realities of providence is often God's providential dealings are done behind the scenes sometimes it happens and it doesn't look like It ought to be happening. It looks like it was a mistake. It looks like uh, things are chaos and out of order when it's really invisible hands pulling strings to bring about his perfect plan. Well, in the book of Esther, God's people are living outside of God's will. God had told them to go back to Israel from Babylon But many of them did not go back. They stayed. They have become comfortable in what is now Persia. So God takes a step back in the book of Esther. Does not even allow his name to be used since its context is the people living outside of God's will in order to teach us something about God through the life of a diva through the life of a young lady who's described in chapter 2, verse 7, this way. He was bringing up Hadassah, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter, for she had no father or mother. Now the young lady was beautiful of form and 
and face. And when her father and her mother died, Mordecai took her as his own daughter. The story leading up to an understanding of Esther coming on the scene and literally becoming the star of the show was the head of Persia, Ahasuerus, having a banquet. There are about five banquets in these few chapters. Ahasuerus liked the party. And he had a banquet, and it was typical for the women to be in one place and the men to be in another when he was having a banquet among his officials. His wife's name was Vashti. He told Vashti, his beautiful wife, to come in and display herself before all the men at the party. That probably implied some not just to walk in the room and walk out, but since it goes on to talk about how beautiful Vashti was, it probably indicates some sort of a uncovering and disclosure, perhaps a playboy centerfold, if you will. And Vashti said, oh no, I'm not doing that. Ahasuerus says, no, you don't understand. I'm the king. To which Vashti responds, you a fool. After hearing that, the king decides to get rid of his wife. When he gets sober, chapter 2, verse 1, after these things, the anger of the king Ahasuerus had subsided. He remembered Vashti and what she had done and what had been decreed against her. In other words, he came to his senses. You done lost your mind. The problem is, in Persia, there was a law. It was the law of the Medes and the Persians, which simply said, when you make a decree, you can't reverse it. When the king makes a decree, he made a decree that Vashti is banished, he can't reverse his decree, and now he's depressed. He didn't go from drunk to Prozac. <laughs> so the king's attendants come up with an idea. They say, why don't you, verse 2, let all the beautiful virgins be brought before the king and let's get another fine lady to take her place. There are a whole lot of pretty women out here. So don't get all depressed about Vashti. Let's, let's parade the most beautiful women in the kingdom. Now, the author wants you to know Esther was pretty. Girl was looking good. And she was one of the ladies identified to be brought before the king for consideration to be his new bride. So it came about in verse 8, when the command and the decree of the king was heard, and many of the young ladies were gathered in the citadel of Susa. Verse 9, the young lady pleased him, Esther, and found favor with him, so he quickly provided her with cosmetics and food and gave her seven choice maids from the king's palace and transferred her and her maids to the best place in the harem. In other words, she was prettier than all the rest. Esther did not make known her people or her kindred, for Mordecai, her cousin, had instructed her that she should not make them known. Girl, don't tell them who you are. Just go and look pretty. But don't tell them who you are. Now the plot thickens. Because there's a guy in the kingdom named Haman. Haman has been promoted in chapter 3 verse 1 by the king to a high position. And like a lot of folk who get promoted, he got the big head. 
and thought he was more of himself than he ought to have thought. The king commands that everybody give recognition, verse 2 of chapter 3, to Mordecai. Then the king's servant who were at the king's gate said to Mordecai, why do you transgress the king's command? In other words, Mordecai wouldn't bow to Haman, who had been promoted. Now it was when they had spoken daily to him, he would not listen to them, and they told Haman to see whether Mordecai's reason would stand, why he wouldn't bow, for he hadn't told them he was a Jew. So here we've got this Jew, who ought to be happy he's alive, refusing to bow. Haman, verse 5, is filled with rage that Mordecai won't bow. So he decides, verse 6, to kill all the Jews. He's ticked off at one man, and he wants to wipe out the whole race. Now, that's the story to this point. In the first three chapters, we got a pretty girl who catches the eye of a king because his first wife wouldn't do right. It's just a, a story of life. We've got intrigue because we've got a man being promoted, a man who won't bow to the man being promoted, and the man who's been promoted wants to kill the whole race of a man who won't bow. The woman who catches the eye of the king is the cousin of the man who won't bow, Mordecai. Mordecai has raised her up because Esther's mother and father have died. So what you've got is life situations. You've got life scenario. What you've got is a soap opera. A law gets passed. At the end of chapter 3, kill the Jews. Haman wants them dead. Get rid of them. So this is bad news. Mordecai sends a message to Esther. Now is the time to tell him who you are. Esther writes back. Mordecai, you don't understand how things work in the palace. Because up here in the palace, you just can't go into the king like that. In fact, me and the king haven't hooked up for 30 days. We, we're not even talking right now. And what you're asking me to do is risk my future and my well-being for y'all. I'll live with y'all no more. I live in the king's palace. My name is Esther. I'm a star. Mordecai gets the note. And he has a note. His note is in verse 13. Then Mordecai told them to reply to Esther. You think because you're not willing to act, God's not going to act. He says, don't think you're going to escape by keeping quiet. Esther had not made the connection. Here it is. Between her beauty, her opportunity, and the kingdom of God. God had placed her in a position of influence to deliver his people. It wasn't just about her car, her clothes, her furniture, her lifestyle, her bank account. Have you ever considered that maybe God has you here in the kingdom for such a time as this? That everything that's happened till now was moving to this point. Dr. Evans will take us right to the turning point of this story when he continues our message in just a moment. Stay with us. 
As we anticipate the new year, we want to not only end this year strong, but go into the new year able to take advantage of all the opportunities that God has brought our way for the transformation of individual lives, for the building of strong, biblically-based families, for strengthening churches, and that's what we're committed to do. Your generous financial support will help us to be strong because we're not going to back down, we're not going to back away, and we're not going to compromise the truth of this book to placate the secularism of the society. Stand with us, will you? Stand strong by us with your generosity and your prayers because you know we hold tightly to this word, a word that the world desperately needs today. Visit TonyEvans.org to give. That's TonyEvans.org. Thank you for your generosity. We only hear from a small percentage of the people who listen to our program every day, so don't depend on someone else to meet the need. Visit TonyEvans.org today or call 1-800-800-3222 to let Tony know he can count on your support. Either way, as our way of saying thanks when you make a donation, we'll send you the best of Tony Evans 2023. You'll get 20 of Tony's most popular messages, as well as his new powerful devotional book, Transformed by the Trinity. Get Tony's best so you can be your best as we wrap up 2023. I'll have our contact information for you again later on. Right now, though, let's get back to today's teaching. The kingdom is the rule of God, the purposes of God, the agenda of God. In the kingdom, one thing matters, and that is this. You are blessed to be a blessing. When all that matters to you is you, then you are mattering little to the purposes of God. God never blesses you just for you. Let me say that again. God never, ever blesses you just for you. The quickest way to cut off your blessing is to keep your blessing just for you. In the mind of this diva, her mind was, I can't risk where I am for y'all. Because she didn't make the connection to the kingdom of God and therefore was not taking the risk for the program of God. And so what Mordecai wants her to know is if God can't use you, you're not going to stop what God plans to do because God can find him somebody else. Today we live in a world of pomposity. We live in a world of people getting a big head because they got a little something. So you know people like that. You know, people who all of a sudden, because now they got a nice job, they have developed a wrong view of themselves. If you want to know who a great person is, a great person is a person whom God has blessed, but he never forgot where his blessing came from. A great person is a person who has been given a unique opportunity, but hadn't forgotten where the opportunity came from. Some of us... When things weren't going as well, we found time for God. We found time for worship. We found time for service. But now that we've been blessed by God, he says, well, what you need to know is you and your father's house aren't going to fare well. So she sends back the word to Mordecai. Go assemble, verse 16, all the Jews who are found in Susan. Fast for me. Do not eat or drink three days, three nights. I, my maidens, will fast. And then she utters those famous words. I'll take the risk. 
If I perish, I perish. Haman has decided he's building gallows now to hang Mordecai as a prelude to killing all the Jews. He wants to get rid of them. The whole book hinges on chapter 6, verse 1. During that night, the king could not sleep. So he gave an order to bring the book of records, the chronicles, and they were read before the king. It just happened to fall on the page that deals with the fact there were two guys trying to kill you and there's this dude named Mordecai who uh, stopped them from killing you. If the king could go to sleep, none of this would happen. But the king can't sleep. And so because the king can't sleep, he says, wait a minute. You mean this guy Mordecai saved my life? Yeah, the guy Mordecai. Well, sure, if Mordecai saved my life, I better do something for Mordecai. To make a long story short, he calls Haman in. Haman, let me ask you a question. If there was somebody great in the kingdom who had done a great thing, what should we do for somebody great? The Bible says Haman thought and has your words, we're talking about him. So he said everything he could think of. I buy him a house, I buy him a car, I buy him a boat, I hold a banquet, I hold a party, I would throw the bike at him. He said, good idea. Why don't you go set it up so that we can have it for Mordecai? Oh, wait a minute. All this happened because the king couldn't go to sleep. Let me tell you how great God is. God works behind the scenes, keeping folk awake when they ought to be asleep. When you decide to take a risk to be used by him, Haman now has to set up a party after he'd been building a gallows for the guy he's trying to kill. I believe the Bible says God will make your enemies your footstool. I believe the Bible says that. Proverbs 21 verse 1 says the heart of the king is in the hands of the Lord and he maneuvers it wherever he wills. Now the good news about that is if the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord and he's the most powerful man in the world whose heart is your boss's hand in? Whose heart is your family member's hand in? Whose heart is your circumstance in? If God can run the government he sure can run your little mess that you got happening in your life by keeping folk awake. God has a way of doing things. I used to work at Trailways. They had this thing going on where they would you punch out for breakfast, but then they would punch you in an hour later when you're supposed to be in, but you would go sleep. So you could go sleep for three or four hours, but you'd be punched in being paid. Well, they came to me and said, this is the scam and everybody participates in it. Well, as a Christian and somebody preparing for the ministry, I said, I- I'm sorry, I can't do that. They said, but no, you understand, everybody does this. When the buses came in and I was supposed to be unloading them with four of the guys, the four of the guys would sit down and let me unload them by myself as punishment for not going along with the program. About a month after this had happened, I got a call to come to the office of Trailway Bus Station. And they said, unbeknownst to the night shift, we have had one of our supervisors coming around at night. We are aware of the scheme that they have been working, and we also notice you weren't participating. 
So we have decided to raise you up and make you the night supervisor over everybody else in the company. God was working behind the scenes. I didn't know there was a night supervisor, but God had worked that thing out so that my enemies became my employees. Did you know sometime when you sleep, God is working it out? God is turning all kind of things and twisting all kind of things to work it out? You can call that luck if you want to. You can call that chance if you want to. But I know it was the invisible hands of God working it out. Bible says that Haman went home and cried like a baby. He got to make up a party for the man he was getting ready to hang. Esther says, uh, I want you to preserve the Jews from someone who wants to kill them. Ahasuerus says, who wants to kill the Jews? She says, Haman wants to kill the Jews. He got kicked off at Haman. Had to walk outside to think what he was going to do. Haman comes over and grabs the queen to plead for his life. But Ahasuerus comes in and see his arms wrapped around his wife. He said, oh, no, you didn't. You mean to tell me? I'm here thinking about whether I'm going to let you live or die and you're going to be groping on my woman? Oh, no. The Bible says before he had a chance to utter a word, they came and put a cape over his head. And then it says, and they hung him on the gallows he had built for Mordecai. God is able to turn it around. Dr. Tony Evans talking about how God can turn around even the most desperate circumstances in a message he's titled, Esther, the Diva God Used. He'll come back in a moment with a final question and challenge for each of us. But first, let me remind you briefly about that special offer I mentioned earlier. When you make a year-end contribution, we'll say thanks by sending you the best of Tony Evans 2023, an audio collection on CD and digital download containing 20 of Tony's most requested messages, as well as his powerful new devotional, Transformed by the Trinity. This book will help you understand the unique aspects of God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, arming you with knowledge to approach life's issues encouraged and confident in the Lord's sovereignty. Both of these resources make a great gift, and they're both yours as our gift when you make a donation to help keep Tony's teaching on this station into the new year. Just drop by TonyEvans.org, where you can get all the details and make your donation online. Again, that's TonyEvans.org. Or call our 24-hour resource center at 1-800-800-3222 and let one of our team members assist with your request. Too often, we think of turning to God as a last resort. When our backs are against the wall, the enemy is closing in, and we're fresh out of ideas. On Monday, Dr. Evans will talk about taking a more heavenly approach to solving our earthly problems. Right now, though, he's back to leave us with a final observation. Imagine a life free from pain, suffering, and regret, where you encounter no hardships, no limitations, and make no mistakes. Well, that's the life God meant for you and me, and that's the life he offers to those who are willing to accept it. God's promise of an eternal existence in heaven, filled with his presence, free from the burdens and struggles that accompany life here on earth, awaits each of us who believe in Jesus Christ. You can invite Jesus into your life right now and experience his profound gift of eternal love and peace. Just say this simple prayer with me, but mean it for yourself. Heavenly Father, I know I'm a sinner and I can't save myself. 
I believe Jesus Christ is your son who died on the cross in my place for my sin. And I am trusting him alone to forgive me and give me the free gift of eternal life he promised to anyone who came to him for it. Thank you for saving me. Help me from this day forward to live a life pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'd like to learn more about getting your new life in Jesus Christ started off right, visit TonyEvans.org and click on the link at the top of the page that simply says Jesus. You'll find more information for you there, along with plenty of helpful resources. The Alternative with Dr. Tony Evans is brought to you by The Urban Alternative and is made possible by the generous contributions of listeners like you. 